Hello and welcome. You're listening to your Bible study programme, Search for Truth, and as usual, we're with your Bible teacher, Brian Johnston. We continue this series of studies of what happened in the upper room. So far, we've looked at it as a war room, then a washroom, a dining room, and last week it was a waiting room. Now, these were the final hours which the Lord Jesus spent with his disciples in that upper room before he endured death on the cross. And Brian's called this series, No Room for Doubt. And today, as Brian told us last week, we consider the upper room as a guest room today. So let's go now to Brian to discover this special guest and special room. Thanks, John. What could possibly be better than having Jesus physically present with us? That was the anxious wondering of the 11 disciples in the upper room on the night Jesus was arrested. And it's certainly a very reasonable doubt to have. Jesus' reply was to tell them that in future, having his spirit, that's the spirit of Jesus, inside them as the ultimate guest would really be better than having him bodily present. Bodily present with them, but of course, outside of them. Despite Jesus having told them this, it seemed hard for them to accept it. How could they, at this point, appreciate that the arrival of the Holy Spirit to be with them, and indeed in them would mean that rather than losing Jesus, they would actually gain a more meaningful and intimate experience of him. But this was indeed what Jesus was telling them, as we can discover for ourselves by reading further in John chapter 14. From verse 15, Jesus says, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, so that he may be with you forever. The Helper is the Spirit of Truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it does not see him or know him. But you know him, because he remains with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I am coming to you. After a little while, the world no longer is going to see me. But you are going to see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I in you. The one who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me, and the one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and will reveal myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, what has happened that you are going to reveal yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will follow my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our dwelling with him. These things I have spoken to you while remaining with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and remind you of all that I said to you. Peace I leave you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled, nor fearful, you heard that I said to you, I am going away, and I am coming to you. If you loved me, you would have rejoiced because I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it happens, so that when it happens, you may believe. I will not speak much more with you, for the ruler of the world is coming, and he has nothing in regard to me. But so that the world may know that I love the Father, 
I do exactly as the Father commanded me. Get up, let us go from here. That's John chapter 14, as we said, from verse 15. Jesus had been their original helper, but he was now promising that after his departure, they would have another helper of the same kind as himself. Rather than experiencing only Jesus in a physical way, they would in future come to experience the whole Trinity in a spiritual way. For Jesus is saying the Spirit would live inside them, and this would enable them to experience the spiritual presence of the Father and the Son also. Jesus repeats for emphasis that this requires something of them. It demands their loving obedience to all he's commanded them. Far from being orphaned as they feared, theirs would be an enriched sense of relationship and belonging. It's amazing to read of how the Holy Spirit helps us to have a personal experience of the Trinity. Take verse 23 here in John 14. We are told that both Father and Son will come to us. That is, will be facing towards us and remain by our side. This is our experience to the degree to which we lovingly keep our Lord's commands. The Lord had been saying here how the Holy Spirit, whom he would send, would be in the midst of and by the side of us, as well as the more well-known within us. I've been gripped by verse 19, where Jesus says to his disciples, You will see me. And each time he says this, the context follows upon a discussion of the future role of the Spirit being the helper whom the Lord will send once he has returned to the Father. And this is followed up both times by the expression, in that day. I believe these two pointers indicate that the Lord was not primarily talking about his followers seeing him bodily in the upper room after his resurrection, but rather he was talking about the experience of believers throughout the church age or the day of grace. The Lord had been stressing to the disciples that his departure and the Spirit's arrival would actually be advantageous to them. Like the disciples, I'm sure, we might be inclined to think that nothing could be better than what they'd known. But here the Lord unfolds the wonderful ministry of the Spirit that enables us to see the Lord now as he facilitates our closest possible spiritual relationship with the Son and with the Father. Imagine yourself as a living house. One of the most endearing ministries of the Spirit is that he enables us to become those in whose lives the Father and Son can feel at home. Picture with me the kind of home where there's no strained atmosphere of any kind of awkwardness, one in which the host invites us sincerely and warmly to make ourselves at home. Now imagine our lives transformed by the Holy Spirit so that both God the Father and God the Son can say, we really feel at home here. Perhaps the house at Bethany, where the two sisters of Lazarus lived, provided that type of environment for our Lord when he walked the earth as a man. In addition to being a helper or a comforter by their side, Jesus promised the Spirit would be their teacher. And so in particular, he would teach John, the disciple who wrote this gospel. 
And through John's writing of this gospel, we all benefit, of course. John, the disciple whom Jesus loved, explores something of the depth of the Father's relationship with Jesus, the Son whom he loved. Then in verse 20, Jesus is recorded as again saying something wonderful. He draws a parallel between his relationship with his Father and our relationship with Jesus. Perhaps this helps us to understand how the Spirit on the inside would be better than Jesus on the outside. The words of John, chapter 14, verse 20, are truly stunning. Here's what that verse says. On that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I in you. Jesus has been saying quite repeatedly that he's in the Father, and the Father is in him. That's the unity of the Son with the Father. But now he adds that we are in him and he is in each of us. Each of us is one with Christ in the same way that he's one with the Father. These things really do help us to explore the advantage for us in Jesus' departure. Jesus had to leave and so be no longer physically with them so that by returning to them in the Spirit, he could dwell inside them. To have the Spirit dwelling in us is to have Christ dwelling in us. We share the one Spirit, not only with Christ, but with each other. A key New Testament word for sharing wasn't used before the time of Pentecost when the Spirit came. Any teacher would want to get inside the mind of his or her students. By coming in the Spirit to live inside us, Jesus does this. He discloses more truth to us now than he did on the Emmaus Road. It's recognised that the most important dialogue in a doctor's consulting room often takes place when the patient's hand is on the door handle in preparation for leaving. I wonder, is that what we find in verse 31? When Jesus said, get up, let us go from here, was it in the doorway that the conversation was prolonged further until chapter 18, verse 1? Or is this a call to arms, this get up, a taking up of arms against the forces of this world's ruler, who's already been mentioned? The world's ruler is Satan, of course. Compare the cry that rang out ahead of the ark, the ark of the covenant in the Old Testament, when the congregation of Israel was on the move. That cry was, Arise, Lord, and let your enemies be scattered. Numbers chapter 10, verse 35. That would be quite apt as we think of the dark forces that we're now mustering at this point. Well, in the next study, we leave the guest room for the plant room. When we walk with the Lord in the light of his world, what a glory
I hope you enjoyed today's study and found it profitable. As usual, I'll remind you again that there's a book of all the talks in this series and you can obtain a copy by downloading it if you go to churchesofgod.info forward slash media. Or, alternatively, you could write to us and ask for a hard copy book be posted to you. Just ask for the book title, No Room for Doubt, and be sure to tell us your postal address. You can use email or the post, and first, here's our postal address. Search for Truth, Hayes Press, The Barn, Flaxlands, Royal Wooden Bassett, Swindon, SN48DY, UK. And our email address is sft at churchesofgod.info. By the way, did you know that by going to www.searchfortruth.podbean.com you can download the programmes onto your own device and then listen to them again at some more convenient time. Why not give it a go? Now, if you've got any questions about anything you've heard in these study talks, do write in and Brian will be pleased to respond. It's time for me to go shortly, but thanks for spending time with us once again. It's been great to enjoy your company. And next time, as Brian said, we'll be visiting the plant room. So do join me to find out what that means. But now I must say goodbye. And I leave you with the very best wishes from our Bible teacher, Brian, our producer, David, our singers, and me, John. And in the meantime, we wish you God's richest blessings. <laughs>